Hi there guys and welcome to the Tantrum Kitesurf Show. Today we're going to talk about something that is very, very close to my heart. The fact that we see, not necessarily coming with us, hopefully we like to think, but what we see in general is people who start learning to kitesurf. Well, let me give you a statistic to start with. 75% of people who start learning to kitesurf never, never actually ride. Okay, of those 25% that do learn to ride, only 7% actually start riding up wind, jumping, doing the fun stuff. Okay, and this is something that we see time and time again, and it drives me crazy. Okay, <laughs> because there's some really simple fixes for it. Some of them not so simple, but there's some really simple explanations for it. And once you kind of get these, you can supercharge your learning yourself to make sure that you get into a point where you will actually learn. For sure, you know, it's a simple equation. What you put in comes out the other end, but if you put garbage in, you get garbage out the other end, okay? Whereas if you focus, again, like an 80-20 rule, if you focus on the 20% of the stuff that actually gives you the results, you will get the results. So what I wanna give you in this podcast is the 20%, what to focus on and how to focus on it to make sure that you're one of the guys that actually learns to ride. So why is it so difficult? Why do so many people struggle with this? Well, the major problem, the huge problem when it comes to trying to learn to kitesurf is lining up your free time with good conditions. This is super pertinent to you as a beginner. Why? Because as a beginner, you are super sensitive to the conditions. The conditions have got to be perfect. And not just perfect in one way, but perfect for the exercise you're trying to achieve at the moment. So that's going to be different if you're trying to water start than if you're trying to ride up wind. It's going to be different if you're trying to ride up wind to if you're trying to get the board on your feet. You're always looking for the perfect conditions for you at that time. The perfect wind strength, the perfect water conditions, the perfect tide. So it becomes really difficult, especially if you've got other commitments, a family, a job. You know, how many of us can say that we don't have one of those? You know, you've got these other things going on, a place that's not always that windy, so you've got to time it with the wind. You can only get out on the weekend, so it's got to be windy at the weekend. And we all know it's never windy at the weekends. It's just how it works, okay? So all these things come together, and this is the bit that people really struggle with. Now, that's a problem in general, but it's a super problem when we start talking about kitesurfing. Why? Because kitesurfing is probably... And this, I've got no hard facts on this, but I can pretty much guarantee it's one of, if not the hardest physical activity you are ever going to learn. Think about what you're trying to do when you learn to just like water start, okay? You're trying to line up an incredible amount of variables, most of which you can't even see, and you certainly don't have control over the wind, the waves, the current, the tide. Okay, how it's going to gust, which way the wind's going to blow, all these different things. You try to line those up with what is in itself an incredibly difficult thing. You're trying to heave your body out of the water onto a tea tray being controlled by a bit of canvas that's 25 meters away from you. Yeah, and the surface that you're traveling on is moving all the time. It's amazingly difficult. It's actually incredible to think that you can ever kite surf. You know, I know some of you are probably sat there thinking, oh, I can't, I never will. <laughs> I mean, certainly feel like that. I know I felt like that for a long time. So it's, it's something really, really difficult that you're trying to put together. So when you're trying to do it, you know, one hour here and then you get out again, an hour again, two months later, 
it just doesn't work. Why? Because there's this thing called skill fade and skill fade is a bitch. So when you're getting out, you know, every now and again, you find that when you get out the next time, suddenly you're back to where you started from the time before, if you're lucky. So you never really make any progression. Anyone out there feeling, you know, understanding this, sympathising with this? I'm sure you are. I know I certainly was when I was learning to kite surf. Bigger than skill fade, however, more insidious than skill fade, is confidence fade. Because you are strapping yourself to something that is, to start with anyway, fundamentally outside of your control. You know, the wind can suddenly change, the kite can do all sorts of funny things, and you're not quite sure what's going on. Your confidence can go very, very quickly. Often confidence goes much faster than skill. So within a couple of days, you're back and you've got those doubts running through your mind thinking, hmm, well, maybe it is windy this weekend. Oh, but actually I've got that thing that maybe I should be doing this weekend. Well, I think I'll do that instead because I don't really fancy going down the beach and making a fool of myself if it all goes wrong. So that comes in much quicker than skill fade. And as I say, it's much more insidious. So it's something that we really, really have to be wary of. So what can you do about it? How can you, how can you ever learn to kite surf given that all these things are against you? What we've seen time and time again is that you have to make the absolute most of every breath of wind you get. We are slaves to the wind and the wind is a fickle mistress. So wind is the single most important factor. Why? Because it comes and it goes. It's not reliable. And when it's there, you've got to be in a position to make the absolute best use of it. Let me give you a few examples. We've got a load of people here in Tarifa who we, we try, we, we, we said, look, we'll teach you to catch them. Come down when we're going to the beach, we'll get you out, we'll get you riding. But these people have got jobs. They live in Tarifa, the most consistently windy kite spot in the world. And Adele, if you're listening to this, we love you. But Adele, as one example, has been learning to kite surf for about a year and a half in Tarifa. In Tarifa. Why? Because she just cannot line up her free time with the wind. Even here, it's so hard to do. She comes down the beach, okay, cool, gets the kite out, and the wind dies. All right, come back tomorrow. I can't tomorrow, I've got to work. Okay, we'll come back the next day. Okay, come back the next day. Maybe she gets an hour on the water. Maybe then she's got to work for the next week. She comes back again. Oh, my kite's got a puncture. Okay, cool, go and get that fixed, come back tomorrow. You get the picture, okay? Well, she finally does get out, and suddenly as she's doing, oh, this wave comes, munches her, drops her kite, she spends half an hour untangling lines, and by the time she's finished, the wind's died. And this is in Tarifa. So what hope do you have if you live somewhere that's not that windy or that you can only get out the weekends or you've got to travel here, there and everywhere. So what you have to do is when the wind blows, you have to be absolutely prepared to take 100, 1000% advantage of it. How do you do that? The way that most people learn to kite is through group lessons. Group lessons basically is one instructor Four people, two kites. So you're sharing your kite with another person and the instructor with four other people, okay? This initially looks like the most economical way to learn to kite surf. And for some people, it works out really well. For some people, you know, if you're a young 18-year-old who windsurfs, wakeboards, super, super sporty, super fit, yeah, this, you'll probably get this pretty quick, you know, and that's probably a very good way to go. However, most of us aren't in that situation. Most of us are a little bit older, maybe not a sporty, maybe haven't done something for a while, don't have these other crossover skills and kite surfing is the first thing we're going into. And for, for those sort of people, this way of learning is a disaster. 
Why? Because think about what you're getting with group lessons. Let's say you get an hour of group lessons, okay, just for argument's sake. Well, straight away, half of that, the other person's got the kite. So you're actually only getting 30 minutes. Now, if you add in time for changing the kite over for him or her messing up and having to unwrap his lines, it's probably more like a third of the time. So it's probably more like 20 minutes that you're actually getting under the kite. So for every hour, you're getting 20 minutes. Now let's forget about the price for a minute. I'm not even worried about the price, but that's an hour of wind that you've only got 20 minutes out of. That's the problem. It's not the price. It's not about how much wind there is. It's making the absolute most use of that wind. What you need is to have your kite and preferably your instructor with you for that entire hour because then you get an hour of wind in that time. Now let's say most group lessons are in three hour slots. So that's three hours. Let's say, let's be generous and say you're gonna get half of that time on the water. So you've got an hour and a half on the water. Incidentally, of that hour and a half, only half of that time, the instructor's actually watching you because the other half is watching the other pair of people. So let's go back to our hour example. You've got an hour of lessons. You've got maybe half an hour, 20 minutes, half an hour on the kite of which your instructor is watching you for half of that time and giving you feedback. The rest of it is just self-guided practice. Private lessons, you've got one instructor giving you feedback with a kite for an hour. Now again, let's forget about the wind. I'm not interested in, sorry, let's forget about the price. It's not about that. What it's about is the fact that you've used that one hour of precious wind to its maximum, maximum advantage. You've taken full use of it, okay? Talking about the price, it actually works out cheaper because again, if you go back to the original, or at least the same price, normally here in Tarifa, Group lessons are about 20 to 30 euros. Private lessons are between 60 and 90 for the hour, okay? So if you think you're getting a third of the time in group lessons, 20 minutes, and half of that time is under instruction, actually over the three hours, you're paying the same price and you're getting a lot less. You get, you're getting the same time under the, under the kite, but less time with an instructor, only half the time with an instructor. So actually for private lessons, it's, it works out cheaper as well. And as I've said before, you are making use of that precious time when there is wind, because wind is the resource that we struggle with in kite surfing. If we could just go out whenever, it wouldn't matter so much. But the fact is, in any given day, you might only have two hours of wind. You might only have four hours of wind. And if half that time you stood around watching someone else use that wind, it's a massive waste, especially if you're going to get out on the weekend and it's a two hour drive to get to the beach. Do you start to see what I'm saying? Hopefully this is making sense. Hopefully this is, this is clicking some things off because this is something that we've found over and over again is huge. Another point with group lessons that we used to really struggle with is kit. Probably the most important thing when you're actually in your lesson, not about the instructor, not about the conditions, it's about being on the right kite. Being on the right kite with the right length lines. Incidentally, if you've gone to a school and they've just given you straight away on day one, 25 meter full length lines, I'd seriously question the school in this first place. Okay, we'll talk more about that in another podcast, but just for the moment, you should be starting on short lines with a smaller kite, okay, generally, okay. Um, so, but this is crucial. This is absolutely crucial. You need to be adapting your kit for every single condition. Normally on any given day, we take pretty much every single kite we own down the beach, and we're the only school that does, we have this huge pile of kites 
because we know that we probably some, for some people we have to change the kite four or five times in the course of an afternoon simply because at each stage as they progress through the stages we need to change the kit they're riding on because it's so important it's you know if you're trying to learn to just fly the kite you don't need any power what you need is quick rapid feedback which a small kite and short lines give you if you're trying to water start and you're on the brink of riding, suddenly you need power and you need longer lines to give you the time to fly the kite through the power zone. So it's a very different setup. Now again, group lessons, you're sharing your kite with another person. Now inevitably, this is what we found, it's very difficult to pair up similar abilities and similar sizes. So you might be sharing a kite with someone who, who let's say he is at the same level as you, but he's four stone heavier than you, or he's four stone lighter than you. Suddenly you've got a problem because what kite is perfect for him for water starting is either way too big or way too small for you. So often what the school does, they find a happy medium, which is actually great for no one. It's somewhere in the middle, which isn't good for him and it isn't good for you. So it suddenly becomes a lot more difficult. Okay, so hopefully this is making sense. You can start to see the trap that we've come to realise is group lessons. Now, don't get me wrong, group lessons is great for us. I mean, I used to love group lessons and my bank manager did. It was amazing. But what we've seen is that progress-wise, it's in 99% of cases, it's just nowhere near as effective. Nowhere near as effective, especially if you are one of these people, one of the 25% who wants to go on and ride or one of the 7% who wants to go on and ride and wind because the private lessons will really, really concentrate that time on the kite surfing, okay? Especially if you've only got a limited amount of time. If you've got all year to learn, you don't really care when you're gonna learn. Yeah, okay, group lessons are fine, no problem. If you wanna learn in a reasonable amount of time, private lessons are the way to go, for sure. Am I just saying this because we offer private lessons? No, no, I know the more cynical of you might be thinking that. No, we offer private lessons because we've been down this road. We taught group lessons for years and years and years and just wondered why on earth is no one actually, you know, is no one coming back and actually we've, our success rate is so low, you know, of actually getting people to learn to kite surf. And we've switched to private lessons and suddenly, ah, right, that's what it is because suddenly everything changed, okay? So for the more cynical out of you that's thinking that I'm not trying to just sell you on what we're doing, we do what we do because we've found this out over the years, okay? Something else that you really need if you're going to learn to kite surf is a flexibility around the wind. Again, I live in Tarifa and we work in Tarifa. Tarifa is the windiest, consistently, most consistently windy spot in the world. There's something like 300 plus days of kiteable wind every year. Okay, But what we find still is that on any given day, you know, you might go down the beach at 11 o'clock and there's wind for three hours, then it drops for a few hours, the tide does some funny things, the waves come up and it's, it's horrible and then it comes back again at five o'clock, okay? So you may be on any day only got a window of, even though you might have wind for the whole day, you've only got a window of maybe two, three hours in that day, which is actually gonna be good for the exercise that you're trying to achieve at any one time. Now, the way that we used to work, and the way that most schools work is that, okay, okay, cool, we can't really tell what the wind's gonna do. Okay, this is especially true if you're at a school where they primarily teach on the weekends because they've probably got a huge backlog of clients they've got to get through okay and this isn't just a diatribe against the way schools teach there's nothing wrong with the way I understand why they do it and it's the only way they can get you there because you're you've only got the weekends free but what it means is that everyone else is trying to get out at the weekend as well and obviously the school wants to get you all through 
yeah, they want to earn money, but also they want to get you kite surfing. You know, they know you want to go kite surfing, they want to get you through. So what they do is whenever they can in the week, they book your lessons in. Okay, cool. So we've got one starting at 10 o'clock, one starting at 2 o'clock, one starting at 5 o'clock. Perfect. Boom. Because the forecast looks good for this day. What always happens, and again, this is no one's fault, is come Saturday morning, the forecasts entirely change. But you've got your lessons booked in. You've turned up at the beach at 10 o'clock. You want to go. Okay, cool. We'll go and try and do something. But for those three hours that you've booked, the wind's awful. The wind is awful for what you're trying to achieve. So you get nowhere. And maybe the wind comes in just as you're having to leave, but you've got to go because the school's got another person coming in. So you need a system that's flexible with the wind. You need something that works where you've got an instructor hired for you for the day and you can go out in the best wind for you. Okay, now I'm, I'm conscious of how you think that. This could sound like I'm just trying to sell the way we teach. Again, I really want you to realise we teach the way we teach because of these things that we've realised, okay? And I want to give you this so that you can go, not necessarily with us even, but with another school and have this treatment because it works. It really, really works. Because if you've got an instructor booked for you for the day, suddenly, okay, I don't want to go out at 10 o'clock, there's no wind. I want to go out at 2 o'clock when the wind and the tide is perfect for what I want to do. And it might mean that I only did two or three hours instead of four or five hours that I was going to do instead. But I get two or three hours private lessons in the perfect conditions, which means I get three hours of awesome wind and awesome conditions when I can really improve. Again, I just want to remind you the people that we, and it's not just, Adele, we've taught loads of people here. You know, I'm, we've got about three or four going through the school at the moment in Tarifa that are taking so long to learn because they just cannot line up their free time with the wind. You have to put yourself out a little bit for this very often. If you're just going to say, oh, I'm going to commit to it. Yeah, I'll go every other weekend. I'll see what happens. It probably won't happen. It's something that you really need to, yep, yeah, I'm going to nail this in. I'm going to do it in a week. I'm going to do it in a matter of a number of weekends. I'm going to really just, just focus on this and get it to work. Because the amount of people that we see that kind of dabble and never get anywhere, they're the 75%. They really are. It's so obvious. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll go back and maybe I'll try. Maybe I'll try this weekend. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll do this instead. You can't do it like that. Kite surfing doesn't work, especially at the initial stages. Once you're up and you're riding fine because believe me it's a, it's a skill you do not forget you know we've had guys who've said oh, i haven't kite surfed in 10 years so i'll probably have to start from the beginning again you know initially we believed them we thought god we'll start this guy from you know we'll start from scratch actually you give them a kite and within five minutes they're off and flying again it's not something you forget i don't know why probably because it is such a complex skill you learn it so comprehensively the first time so you don't need to worry about it once you're riding, but until you get to that point where it's in muscle memory and you've got it, you will suffer skill fade at a huge rate. So it's something you need to really commit to. Okay. So what am I saying? So I suppose at the end of this, all I'm saying is if you want to learn to guys, so you've got to commit to it. Well, great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you all knew that. But what I really want you to get is these little tweaks and tactics that you can use in your lessons to make sure that you get the most out of them. Because as I say, the wind is a fickle mistress and it's the wind that will determine whether you learn to kite surf or not. Well, the wind and your ability to utilize that wind to the full that will determine whether you ever learn to ride. Hope that was useful for you guys. Again, any questions, please feel free to hit me up. Sam at tantrumkitesurf.com. 
Everything comes straight through to my phone, so I'll get back to you straight away. If you are interested in learning to kite surf, if you are one of those, us edging towards being one of those 75% of people, please have a look at our website, www.tantrumkitesurf.com. We've just put up a whole new load of camps. We're very excited about them for this year, working with a brand new hotel here in Tarifa. It's going to be awesome. We do private lessons. We've got a load of stuff going on all year round. Check out the website, hit us up, and we would look forward to seeing you on the beach. Speak to you soon, guys. Goodbye.